Hey, listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this show are my own. They are not intended to represent any employer, institution, organization, or anybody else. All the content here is for informational or entertainment purposes only. If you hear something on this show that makes you want to change your life, you should go find assistance. Professional help. Life is hard. You need help. Go get it. Welcome to Ben on Purpose. My name is Ben. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to Ben on Purpose. I hope today uh, finds you well. It's been about a month since the last episode. Um, I guess I should apologize for that. I don't know. Other people seem to think I should apologize for that. But here's the thing is the show is called Ben on Purpose, which means I'm going to do whatever I want, (laughs) whenever I want. And uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, life is busy right now. I'm still raising a family. That hasn't changed. I'm still married. That hasn't changed. I still work a full-time job. That hasn't changed. Um, uh, in January, I, I once again was back in class for my master's degree. So um, uh, that hasn't really changed. I took some breaks here and there. but uh, So now I'm doing that. So that means I'm writing uh, psychology papers every day and talking about organizational development and neuroscience. So uh, I love doing that, but that takes up some brain space. Uh, I do a lot of things for my work uh, after work, and so that takes up space. And hey, man, there's just a lot to do. And so uh, I I went about doing this podcast uh, in a way that hopefully I would enjoy. And right now, what I'm enjoying is a couple weeks between episodes. So thanks for bearing with me. Um, I've had had a few people uh, riding me a little bit to get new episodes out, but uh, I think they're doing that out of love. So thanks for keeping me pushing. Um, I do want to briefly, uh, you know, thank everyone who's listening. I'm going to run down the list here. So uh, hopefully, if you're out there and you're listening, you feel recognized here. But um, hey, everyone in the United States, thanks for listening. There's a bunch of you, and and then I'm going to go down the list uh, and 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 uh, thank everyone else. We have listeners in Spain, Germany, Singapore, Poland. Uh, United Kingdom, Bangladesh, India, Australia, Indonesia, Ireland, France, Panama, Norway, Brazil, and Costa Rica. Uh, To some extent, I know who some of you are. Some of you are friends of mine that I've met over the years while uh, traveling around the world. Some of you, I have no idea how you are listening. Maybe you're people that I know that are out there traveling, or maybe somehow this thing is getting to you. Either way, uh, hey, I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're on this uh, experiment with me. Today uh, is my first episode where I am recording my face. Uh, so honestly, I don't know if this is going to end up uh, on YouTube, but uh, I think the eventual goal is I'm going to put this thing on YouTube. So if you're watching this one day on YouTube, welcome. This is my first episode. What that means is I don't know what I'm doing once again. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm getting the audio podcast thing down in the same way that I got singing from a stage down years ago. Um, but this whole video thing, uh, I'm smart enough to figure it out. I'm not saying that. Um, but uh, I'm not a big fan of putting my face out anywhere. You can ask anybody that knows me. I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, looking at pictures of myself. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of taking pictures of myself or even pictures of other people. I feel like the second I bring a camera into the mix, 
authenticity becomes a really big challenge. And so uh, this is a whole different thing for me. I don't know if this episode is going to end up out there or not. Uh, currently, as I, you know, I've set up my palatial studios of my front room in my house. Um, I've got some things going for me that I really like. I like these uh, blue lights, and I like uh, you know some of these other things, but the lighting's still all jacked up. This is no studio. It's really hard to get it dark in here, and so uh, my face looks shiny. And and unfortunately, the camera is not responsible for how my face looks. But uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or any future episodes, welcome. If you are watching this on YouTube, it's time to start commenting. Uh, I would appreciate you being kind, but you know. It's the state of the world. There's probably not a ton of kindness floating around. So if you're watching this and commenting, hey, maybe the kind comments will outrank the negative comments and we can all move forward in some sort of positive direction. So what's going on? What's going on in my life? Well, I told you all the ways uh, that I'm busy. Still doing all those things. Uh, and, And honestly, for the most part, they're going, they're going really well. School is an interesting thing when you're a little bit older. Uh, college for me the first time around was a challenge. Uh, not because I don't think I'm smart or couldn't handle the material. I couldn't handle being uh, a borderline adult <laughs> is what was so hard for me about college. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of not fun days too, but uh, I did have a lot of fun in college. I enjoyed my college experience overall, but grades and classes were not the top of my list. So of all the things that stressed me out in college, grades was it, classes were it. This time around, 20 whatever years later, grades seem to not be an issue for me. And I think it's just because I'm old, maybe. Um, So whoever I'm in class with, maybe a lot of those guys are a lot younger. Maybe my teachers can just tell I'm old. Maybe they feel bad for me and they're just giving me good grades. I don't really know. But either way, uh, college in general hasn't been all that tough. uh, Or going back to get my master's hasn't been all that tough. Except for the fact that every single week I have a paper to write. Every single week I have many chapters to read. And every single week, I have to turn out content and turn out content and turn out content and somehow still do my job and do this thing called podcasting on top of it. So anyway, welcome back. Um, I'm calling this episode Tell a Different Story because that's some advice that I got over the last month uh, from a good friend of mine. So um, I don't know, maybe I'm somewhat of a storyteller. I guess you can you can decide or rank my level of storytelling by being on here. I would like to become a better storyteller. I would like uh, I don't listen to my own podcast very often. That seems highly narcissistic. Uh, I will listen to it once just to kind of pick and poke around at the things that I like that I'm doing or how I'm speaking and the things that I don't like. So I'll listen to it once. And uh, parts of my own podcast I find uh, interesting and I find uh, thought-provoking and I find uh, has a little bit of wisdom maybe in it. Uh, Other parts of my podcast I find um, daunting to get through. (laughs) In other words, listening to my own stories sometimes feels very, very boring. Uh, sometimes I wish I would talk faster. I've heard that a lot of you speed me up. No problem. Great. 
just uh, when you meet me in the real world, understand this is the pace at which I talk, not the pace at which you speed me up on your devices. Uh, I'm probably not going to speed up. I talk at the pace of saunter. And um, anyway, so when I listen to my own story, sometimes I'm like, man, you got to become a better storyteller. But sometimes I tell good stories, especially if we're sitting around uh, campfires and I'm very comfortable and maybe I've had a drink or two. Uh, I do like telling I do like telling stories. But uh, since our since the last episode, I had the opportunity to go to Idaho, which uh, if you're from Idaho, I apologize. I was never really sure if Idaho was a real place. Uh, mean not meaning like I know it's on a map. Okay, I've seen it on a map many times, uh, and I've been to the states that border Idaho, but I've never honestly. I don't think, to my knowledge, I ever met anyone or had a friend from Idaho. And so, uh, jokingly, I would say I'm unsure that that Idaho is a real place. But a very generous friend of mine uh, in my life. Uh, invited me to go on a trip to Idaho in February. Uh, I think because he knows I love snow, having grown up in Wisconsin, and I don't get a lot of that in Florida. Well, I don't get any of that in Florida unless I travel to it, which I try and do at least once a year. So I think he invited me for that reason. He also invited me because we're friends. You know, we like to uh, talk about things that maybe other people don't like to talk about. We love to read similar kinds of books. We love to, you know, talk about the world and think about the world and experience the world in in similar ways. And so uh, he invited me on that trip along with uh, another friend of mine and a gentleman I had not met before who I would now consider uh, my friend also. So we got to go to Idaho. We went to, uh, we flew to Sun Valley via, I flew there via Atlanta and Salt Lake City and eventually landed in, in beautiful beautiful uh, Sun Valley. And we stayed a few days in Ketchum, Idaho, which is a uh, uh, incredibly beautiful ski resort town. Uh, uh, you know, I've been to a few ski resorts. I don't ski personally, but I've tried to visit, uh, you know, some of these famous ski resort towns when I get a chance. I haven't been to a ton of them. I've been to Breckenridge and Vail in Colorado just because they're basically on the same streets. Um, and I've been to Whitefish, Montana, which I love me some cow spell Montana. So we visited Whitefish briefly. Um, and I think as far as ski resort towns go, that might be it. So Sun Valley, well, the whole of Sun Valley and Ketchum specifically is maybe my fourth or fifth, uh, ski resort town I've ever been to. Again, I don't ski I've, I've tried it once. It hurt my feet a lot when I was little. I kind of punted on it. I don't snowboard. I don't do any of those things, even though I love the snow. And so we got to stay in Ketchum. It was beautiful. I mean, feet and feet of um, snow, snowpack, I believe, would be the, the term for it. Uh, so about, I mean, depending on where you were, 48 inches of snowpack, some places a little bit more, some places a little bit less. Plenty cold for all the all the snow activities uh, you want to do, and so we stayed in a condo. And man, I just feel uh, I just I I currently still feel, but also felt very grateful um, that I I probably wouldn't end up going on a trip like that 
had I not been invited. And so uh, thank you to my friends. Man, we ate some incredible food. It felt like a different style of food every night, whether it was Thai food or American food or whatever we were eating, but some incredible meals, um, some incredible views. I mean, honestly, like uh, some of this is just because it's snow, but where we were, I would put, I've seen some beautiful things. Um, you know, I would maybe put it in top five and that's along with like, uh, sunsets, uh, in the Serengeti. So like, uh, uh, you know, East Africa, sun coming down, African trees, elephants, like that, that's a incredibly beautiful site. I would put the numerous places in the Rocky mountains, that I've been to, I would put uh, one of my favorite places to sit in a in a pretty poor part of town in San Jose, Costa Rica, overlooking uh, the city and the metal roofs and just all the smells and all the activity of people. I would put that in there, um, you know, in one or two other incredible places, whether that's Hawaii or the castles in Wales or whatever. Sun Valley, at least this particular trip. I would rank right up there. It was stunning. Everywhere you looked, it was stunning. And so um, I was excited to go on this trip because it's snow. It's snow time. I need, my soul needs snow and cold and that kind of thing in its life uh, occasionally. I don't know that I could live in it. My family, or at least my spouse, definitely couldn't live in it. I don't see us living in it in the future, but I need it in my life sometimes. And so off we went. And um, the two primary activities we were doing while we were there were uh, snowshoeing and snowmobiling. So snowshoeing, I hardly did when I was a kid. I do remember, like, occasionally, I don't remember if it was mine or my neighbors or whatever, we would tie uh, tennis rackets to our feet and go walk over the snow, I guess. Um, But for the most part, as a kid, I didn't give a rip. I liked walking through the snow no matter how deep it was. So I didn't use snowshoes very often. And then growing up, I did get some opportunities to snowmobile uh, into my teens. And then after that, no no more snowmobiling. Nobody else on the trip had, had been snowmobiling before. Okay, so transitioning. Well, not really transitioning. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, storytelling. <laughs> so telling yourself a different story is what I said I was going to talk about here. I also thought maybe I would call this Idaho Falls because not because of waterfalls, because I fell down a lot in the few days that we were there. But telling yourself a different story, what does that mean, Ben? Okay. Um, If you've listened to any previous episodes, you've heard me talk at least somewhat about my experiences growing up, somewhat about the... um, Uh, illness that I have dealt with most of my life, somewhat about some of the challenges. Now, here's the thing is, is when you grow up with these kind of challenges, which honestly, I think to some extent we all do, but when you grow up with these kind of challenges and you're the personality uh, that I am, I think uh, a lot of time what can happen or seemingly what can happen as I've met people kind of similar to me is we, I, can get so wrapped up in uh, the story of how we've gotten to this point in our lives that we have a hard time telling a different story. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this, is 
So we're in beautiful, beautiful Sun Valley, Idaho. And on day one and on day two, uh, we were going to go hiking. So the first day on day one, we didn't have snowshoes. Uh, apparently that's a big deal uh, in this part of town. Lots of Nordic skiing people, lots of people with very expensive snowshoes. And if you are an unfamiliar, some of you people out there are that live in the snow are looking and thinking about me. Yeah, you're a moron. You should know this. Um, but apparently, uh, if you go hiking on trails that have deep snowpack and you don't have snowshoes on, uh, we were informed you are ruining the trails. <laughs> and so some trails are required to have snowshoes, especially if you have to pay to be on them. And some trails uh, you just sort of come upon. So the first day we were there, we went on a a, a public, I guess you would call it, trail. It's called, I think it was called Chocolate Gulch. So if you're hiking chocolate or snowshoeing Chocolate Gulch out there and you see holes in the snow from idiots who did not wear snowshoes, guilty, uh, that was probably us. Uh, at least two of you informed us uh, of our stupidity. So thank you. Heard. Uh, and remembered for future trips. Be nice to your uh, Florida tourist people in the future. Anyway, so we go hiking uh, those first two days. We went to Chocolate Gulch. The second day we went to, I can't remember the name of it. All right, I was irritated that I couldn't remember the name of it. So I quickly went and got my lovely souvenir here from Galena Lodge uh, up north of Ketchum. And uh, so the second day we went to Galena Lodge and I hiked the Rip and Tear Trail, which sounds way worse than it actually is, but it did do some some ripping and some tearing uh, to me <laughs> anyway. So those first two days we went hiking. Hiking is something that I used to do all the time. I love it. I love being in the woods. I clearly don't like shaving if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, uh, I like that lifestyle. I love the gear. I love the scenery. I, lo I love the rain. I love the unknown. I love all those things. Uh, or at least <laughs> in a, in a younger version of me, I love those things. I don't like sleeping on the ground anymore. Uh, I don't really like carrying, uh, dozens of pounds on my back anymore. I don't like any of those things, but most of that is just cause I'm out of shape. Uh, so we go hiking these two days. Now, here's the thing about telling yourself a different story. The story that I tell myself, or, or I've told myself my whole life, uh, because of illness, because of events, because of, I don't know, self-deprecating uh, thoughts uh, about myself. That's a terrible sentence. Uh, that was like an Austin Powers sentence. Self-deprecating thoughts about myself. Um is that uh, the story that I tend to tell myself is that I'm annoying uh, to others if we're off doing things, like I'm too slow or, or I might feel ill, which means people are going to have to deal with me or, uh, you know, whatever. Like the things that, that you would tell yourself when you're not feeling your best. Well, over time... Uh, uh, going through a bunch of hard stuff and my personality, I have a tendency to tell myself that story over and over and over again. That, that Ben, uh, when you go out and do this thing, there's a chance that it's not going to be easy for you. And because of that, it's going to irritate everyone. So that's the, that's the story I tend to tell myself. And so 
when we went on both of these hikes, I immediately, uh, I mean, before we even get out there, I am uh, trying to distance myself from the very people that invited me to be on the trip. And what I mean by that is simply like, hey, you guys go on ahead. Um, it's gonna, I'm going to be slow. I'm going to be back here. I'm going to be doing my thing. So don't wait for me you know, go do your, go do your thing. You guys are in way better shape. Like, you know, just saying all these self-deprecating things, um, before we even get out on the trail and, and because they're friends, they don't, they don't necessarily want that. Uh, but they also like me enough to, uh, respect what I'm saying. And so off they go. And so on both those days of hiking, uh, I find myself by myself, and on day one, I had no snowshoes. Well, none of us had snowshoes. And so I was falling in, and I was tired. And, um, and, and honestly, I was just so happy to be in the snow that I just spent uh, a lot of time on the trail walking by myself uh, very slowly. Again, see this, the saunter. I walk at a saunter pace. I pretty much do everything at a saunter pace unless required otherwise of me. And... I enjoyed myself, but I enjoyed myself alone because uh, I didn't even attempt to keep up with anybody else, and I didn't want to be an annoyance to their adventure, so I, en I enjoyed myself, but I enjoyed myself alone. Uh, on day two, we went to Galena Lodge, beautiful place, if you ever get a chance to go up there, um, uh, incredibly beautiful, small little lodge like you would picture, you know, big, big uh, uh, post I don't know, that's not even Lincoln Log. Think Lincoln Log cabins, like that kind of a place. Has an outfitter, people snowshoeing, people skiing, people sledding, you know, all those kind of things. And and many trails that you can go on and, and push yourself and try things and and all the stuff. And so we got snowshoes and I and I began that same narrative of, hey guys, I'm not gonna be able to keep up with you, so don't worry about it. Uh, uh and in my head, the story I am telling myself is I am um, helping to relieve them of having to deal with me. Therefore, I am helping make their trip better. Like that is the rationalization that is going on in my head. Maybe you can relate to that. This idea that like if I just sacrifice self, then everyone else uh, will be happier. Therefore, my sacrifice of me is worth it in some way. Okay, so that's the narrative I'm dealing with, is you, you guys just go ahead. I'm not going to be able to keep up. What I'm actually saying is I don't want you to see me struggle. Uh, so you, maybe, you can, maybe you can relate to that in some way. Um, saying that a little bit different. What I don't want on adventures like that is what I said previously, which is uh, I don't want uh, to look weak. I don't. I don't want others to have to deal with me, but uh, simultaneous to that is I don't want you to get to see me in my worst uh, situation. And I know because of my own body and my own history and my own personality that when I go do physically taxing things, there's a good chance at this point in my life, you are going to get to see me in my worst situation. <laughs> And if I show you myself in my worst situation, then you're also going to have to deal with me <clears throat> in my own worst situation. 
And honestly, who the heck wants that? Like, I, I don't, I don't want you to have to deal with the worst parts of me uh, all the time. I, I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to have your grand adventure. I don't want the story that you're going to bring back be one of try of having to having to deal with me just because I struggled. And so I preemptively try and fix that by distancing myself from you. So I, I successfully did it this time too. I do it uh, pretty much all the time. And so uh, I go up the rip and tear trail. It's really hard uh, for me. It's really hard for them too. They're just a little bit faster. And so they take off and I'm on my snowshoes and I'm uh, what turns out to be three quarters of the way up and uh, I'm fine, but I'm struggling and I'm breathing hard and it's starting to make me feel a little nauseous and all the things, but I'm recovering and I'm moving and recovering and moving and doing the thing. And I, and um, I'm, I prefer to do those kind of things by myself because it's one less thing to have to worry about whether you're irritated with me or whatever. So I prefer to do it by myself. Here's the, here's the thing though, is that's one thing when I was in my twenties and thirties, it's another thing as I get older, because, uh, the harder my heart beats and the harder that, uh, things get and the more physical things feel, uh, and the more extreme it starts to, that I start to sense, um, the more you start going, I really wish somebody was here with me right now. Um, to either a keep me, keep pushing me or B help me if this goes seriously South. Um, you know, if you're, if you're walking on a trail that has a cliff edge or, or has five feet of snow that you could fall into, or a tree might fall on you or whatever to do that, those kind of things by yourself becomes more and more dangerous as you get, as you get older. And my need to distance myself from everybody actually puts me at risk, and maybe you can draw the parallels in your own lives, uh, physically, emotionally, whatever. I'm sure you're smart enough to figure out what I'm kind of getting at there. And so I almost get to the top of the rip and tear trail. Uh, I'm hurting pretty good, and I don't know fully how long this trail is, and so I turn around and I come back down. And when I get back down to the bottom, there's my friends who went uh, over the top of the mountain and came down the other side of the mountain and then met me at the bottom. And I was, because I was by myself, I was hesitant to keep moving because I didn't want to put myself in a dangerous spot. And as it turns out, um, I was just, I don't know, 200 yards from the top of the mountain and uh, would have been just fine had I just not distanced myself from my friends. So again, maybe you can draw some conclusions there about your own life. So then uh, they wanted to go do a different trail, and I once again <laughs> distanced myself um, and decided to do the rip and tear trail again because I was so mad that I stopped short of the top. So I went all the way up to the top again, did the full trail so that I could come back down and feel okay about myself. And then uh, sat in the fire and talked to some strangers for a while and waited on my friends to get back. On day three, we went snowmobiling. And I will save you the long version of the snowmobile story. But the short version is this. I love a snowmobile. I love a four-wheeler. I even remember when we used to ride three-wheelers. Those were significantly more dangerous. Um, but I love a snowmobile. Uh, 
you know, it's not particularly difficult to ride, but if the snow is deep, it can be difficult to keep your balance. And so it was incredible, guys. Uh, our, you know, our guide told us that, I guess, 85% of Idaho is public land, and so you can go all kinds of places and never really worry about, you know, whose land am I on? Am I on? So we were snowmobiling like crazy. I was going very, very fast. We went through the... Uh, we did some like backcountry trails uh, through a bunch of uh, trees and, and trails and jumps. And I mean, we didn't jump, but they were back there. And uh, at one point, I was feeling very confident. So uh, I went off trail to where some fresh powder was and, and where somebody had been previously, though not on that day, you could tell. And uh, I buried myself which was humbling, uh, but I was feeling very confident because I was the only one that had been on a snowmobile other than our guide. So I buried myself real quick. Um, I felt fine about it. I jumped up on the edge and and put the weight where it needed to be and hit the gas, and it climbed itself uh, right back out, and we moved on. And, and I didn't feel bad about that one because I was trying something uh, extra, if you will. And then uh, as the snowmobiling went on, uh, I found myself uh, falling off or burying myself numerous times. Um, um, at least one more of those is because I was trying to do extra things. So again, I didn't feel bad about that one because I was kind of drawing outside of the lines. But a couple of those were very confusing as to <laughs> how in the world I was falling off this snowmobile. Now, it was... Again, it was deep snow, and so if you don't shift your body weight quick enough or at the right time, your front ski can bury itself, and if you don't uh, do the right thing immediately, you know, it'll, it'll toss you. But when it tosses you, it tosses you into very deep snow. So you find yourself standing in deep snow with the snowmobile at about eye level and wondering how to get back up there because when you try and walk in deep snow – uh, nothing really happens. <laughs> it's very difficult to climb deep snow. You sort of have to like lay your body out like a dead fish on top of the snow and kind of shimmy your way over there and then use all your energy to get that snowmobile up. And in my current level of physical fitness, that is very hard. Let me also remind you that I currently live six feet above sea level. And so I don't know how many thousands of feet we were up, but we were many, many thousands of feet up uh, uh, above six feet of sea level. And so catching my breath was becoming worse and worse. And so you marry all those two things together, and again, you have uh, me sort of physically struggling uh, 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 to do all the things that I, that I need to do. Except in this scenario, you're not allowed to be on the snowmobile alone. You have to be with all your friends. And so, uh, I, I mean, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life in parallel with I was beating myself up about the fact that I was falling off the snowmobile and having to use my energy to tip it back up and, and keep going. All right. Okay, so... Uh, tell yourself a different story. So my friend, um, who was there with me, the the same guy that invited me on on this um, trip, I guess you would call it, uh, vacation trip. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the very guy that invited me there uh, had some words for me, and and these words I wanted to share with you because I think they're probably applicable to most of the people listening 
honestly, if not everybody in our life. Okay. And and the words in the words were this, and I want you to hear them from me via my friend or from my friend via me. I think that's how that works. Uh, is simply this is is you listener to this show, me, friend of my friend, you um, need to accept that you are um, uh, better than you give yourself credit for. Uh, you're you're smarter than you give yourself credit for, you know uh, that Saturday Night Live bit and doggone it, people like you, uh, you know that's the cheesy version of it. But I want you to hear very clearly: you have more wisdom than you know. You have been, you have gone through and made it through harder things than you're willing to admit. Um, you have more intelligence than, than maybe you're willing to admit. Uh, uh, yes, you're smart, you know, regardless of what your parents or your friends or maybe your own children might tell you, you have a lot to offer. And the advice that he gave to me was, um, hey, at this point in your life, uh, stop feeling like you have to explain yourself. Stop feeling like you have to prove yourself and start telling yourself a different story. And as a progression of that, start telling others a different story about you. Uh, So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is um, if you, I, we are going to every single day wake up and tell ourselves uh, the story uh, of our of our past, the story of our struggle, the story of uh, everything that is hard for us, the story of survival, the story of maybe being a victim, the story of our illnesses, the story of uh, our depression, the story of our failures, all these things. If every day we're going to wake up and tell ourselves some semblance of that story, then uh, it's very, very difficult to move forward and, um, you know, uh, tell yourself different things or, or become everything that you, that you used to or currently dream of becoming. Now, where I've struggled with this in the past is like, is some of those things of, of my story are still uh, present in my in my current story, <laughs> meaning not all the things that I went through as a kid have disappeared. Like the, they're still present in my life. Uh, they probably will be present in my life. Uh, so what my friend is not saying is forget about all the things that are hard for you or forget about all the things that you came through. Instead, the advice is uh, uh, accept that those things are those things, but quit feeling like you have to explain yourself to everyone. Quit feeling like you have to apologize for yourself to everyone. Because honestly, everyone else is going through stuff too. And so if you put me back on that mountain where I've distanced myself from the very people that, that love me or like me or want to be around me simply because I'm embarrassed of my stuff... Um, in actuality, all I've done is distance myself from the very people that I should be doing life with. And, uh, if I need help, I've pushed them away. If I need, uh, encouragement, I've pushed them away. If they need me in some way, 
I've pushed them away. And it's actually unfair to everyone involved, for you or me or we, to distance ourselves from everybody simply because we think that we have stuff that nobody would ever want to see or deal with. Instead, my question to you is, could you admit that like there's some parts of you um, that other people actually do want to be around? <laughs> And that, and that in order to be around those pieces, uh, you got to be around the whole thing. Uh, you got to be around, you know, all the ugly and all the pretty and all the dumb and all the smart, like it all, it all comes in one package. And I think if, if, if we can recognize that like all the, all the bad just comes with all the good, then I wonder if we can, we can bury some of this self pity thing. Uh, that a lot of us are rolling around in. And look, maybe a bunch of you don't think that you do that. Uh, I would beg to differ. Um, uh, and, and to me, the evidence is in, is in what you do every day. Uh, if you're on social media all day long, you have this issue. If you, if you spend money uh, inappropriately, you have this issue. If you're mean to your friends or family, you probably have... This issue. If you're mean to yourself or have bad physical health and there's things that you can be doing different, you probably have this issue. And somewhere in there, um, you need to change the narrative. You and I both need to change the narrative. Because uh, how could we ever truly move forward and become the things that we dream of becoming if in our, in our darkest and quietest moments, what we are actually doing is telling ourselves that same old story, that same old story of you're not actually worth being around or you're not actually good enough or you're not actually worth investing into. If we're going to tell ourselves that same old story over and over and over again, then we're never going to become anything different. So my question to you is, can you tell yourself a different story? Here's the one image I want to leave with you that was... Uh, that is helpful. For, it's been helpful for me for a long time. Um, uh, uh, my friend Clint, I think I can call him my friend. <laughs> He's He was my counselor therapist for many, many years. I actually still kind of consider him that, even though I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, I would love to have him on this show one day. But as far as I'm concerned, he was my friend. Maybe he's just a really good counselor and it just felt that way. <laughs> but um, he gave me this image one time of, uh, you know, when I was in therapy, in counseling for a long time, just trying to come to terms with my own crap. Um, and if that's you, you should go to counseling too. Um, when I was in counseling, like we finally got to a place where I was like, okay, I kind of understand my own crap. Like I kind of understand what I need to dump, what I need to do in order to get to a better place. Um, I kind of understand it's not all my fault, but you know, there's some things I can do about it. My first question was, so what the heck do you do about it? Like you, it's, you, you can't just flip a switch and be like, okay, well, starting now, I'm going to tell a different story about myself. And, and the image he gave me was this was, and I'm sure this metaphor breaks down somewhere, but he said, picture a, a small room in your mind. Um, and in this small room, um, there's no windows, there's one door, floor ceiling, no furniture. It's just an empty room. And there's a small version of you sitting in that room in the corner. Uh, it doesn't need food. <laughs> it doesn't need water. It's just a, it's a version of you sitting in the corner. 
Um, okay, he said, so if you picture that room, he said, that, that is like your subconscious. And, um, and picture that, I don't remember the timing you used, but picture that once a day or once a week or once a month, whatever, uh, somebody opens that door to that room and just says to that small version of you in that room, life is very scary, don't ever come out, be afraid, and then closes the door. Uh, and that is the only messaging that that small version of you ever gets. That once in a while, somebody opens that door and just says, life is scary, be afraid, don't ever come out of this room. And he said, what would you, you know, if you were that version of you, what would you think? Well, obviously, you've only ever been told one thing. So that is that is what you're going to think. He said, so if that's your subconscious... You know, if that's your subconscious, which, you know, kind of naturally drives everything that you think about yourself and naturally drives kind of how you filter things from the world into your own life. He said, if that's the filter that everything is coming through, no matter how, no matter how many good things happen to you, or no matter how many good people come into your life, uh, you're always going to throw it through the filter of that, those words. That life is scary, uh, the world is scary, you should never come out of this room, nobody likes you, like that kind of thing. And so you might have good days, and you might have bad days, and you might have great things happen to you, you might have bad things happen to you, but no matter what happens, it's all going through the filter of self-pity, fear, worry, insecurity, etc. And he said that's a terrible thing. However, the good news is, is you can change what gets said to that person in that room. You can change what gets said to your subconscious. All you got to do is start opening that door uh, once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever, and changing what is said that, uh, you know, you have wisdom, you have knowledge, you have survived hard things, you are capable of more than you know. Uh, you know, whatever positive, truthful things need to be need to be said to yourself in order to begin changing the story. And what I have learned over time, and I'm just I'm still on this progressive path, as as pointed out by my by my good friend, what I have learned over time is it does work. It doesn't just work as like a band-aid to make you feel better about life or the world or whatever. It works as a source of truth in your life. To, uh, to, to remind yourself of things that are true, not uh, define who you are based on what the world says about you, what the people around you say about you. God help us what social media says about you, or your phone says about you, or some app says about you, or some website says about you, or some hate group says about you, or some other race says about you, or whatever the things are. There are some... There are some core truths about who you are as a person that if you would speak those things to yourself on a routine basis, your subconscious, your mindset about you and your life will eventually begin to change and you will begin telling a different story about who you are, why you are here, what you are setting upon to do, and why any of that should matter. And once you start telling that story, you can take further steps in that and start telling other people uh, different stories about who you are, why you're here, where you're headed, what you can do. And you can start speaking truth uh, 
into other people, other people's lives. So here's the thing. I, I know that, (laughs) um, uh, I learned that in my twenties, I've been applying that to some extent in my twenties and throughout my thirties and the early part of my forties. Uh, it took me, uh, flying to Idaho, putting myself in an uncomfortable situation, um, uh, accidentally distancing myself from my friends and getting onto a mountain trail by myself in very cold weather and struggling in order to begin once again having these realizations. And so my my challenge to you is this, is uh, if you want to grow in your life at all, go do hard things. Uh, if you want to live your life on purpose, go do hard things. Um, if you want to grow as a human being and end up with the characteristics in your life that, that, that you um, want to have, if you want to end up a wise person, if you want to end up an accomplished person, if you want to get to the end of this thing and not feel like you just floated through, go do hard things. Uh, set your phone down, turn off the TV, uh, music is fine, <laughs> turn on some music, but go do something hard. It does not have to be physically hard, it can be emotionally hard. Surround yourself with some good people, ask them to push you, get out there in the world, and go do hard things. Uh, I'm hoping you take it to heart, I'm hoping you rock and roll with it, and I'm hoping you'll let me know how it goes. I'm grateful for all of you, even if you make negative comments about me, and uh, I hope you have a great uh, day, week, month, or however long it is until we talk again. Peace.